Hello. It's Christy Gray, your newest hype girl and astrologer. Welcome to the Cosmic Hotline. Hi, gorgeous, and welcome to this week's episode of the Cosmic Hotline. This week's episode is a live session with Emily. Emily submitted a great question that involves ADHD. Now, I mentioned early on in this episode, I'm not a health practitioner, nor am I trying to be. Instead, we explore this through an astrology lens to help Emily make sense of things, as she loves astrology. If ADHD or some of its symptoms is something you'd like to learn more about, I highly recommend the book Stolen Focus by Johan Hari. Shout out to my girl Stacy for the recommendation. In his book, he spends a lot of time unpacking ADHD alongside a variety of other concepts in the modern world and why ADHD could be related to trauma. Thank you for your openness in this conversation, Emily, and let's dive in. My question was like, how does like ADHD symptoms work in with like natal charts and astrology and like star signs and stuff? Because I struggle myself with a lot of ADHD symptoms and I'm actually in the process of getting an ADHD assessment through a psychiatrist and I struggle with it a lot. So I just want to know how they tie in with each other and does one influence the other or want to open up my world a bit more? <laughs> I think that's such a beautiful question to have because it's becoming very common at the moment and I do see a lot of information online on social media and what's really interesting about your natal chart and when we start peeling back these layers is that you have a very overactive mind you're very cerebral and I'm just going to be honest some wild intuition in there too because you're quick to act you're quick to think and we need to talk about all of this and I'm going to give you the insight as to what I'm seeing through an astrology lens and then I'm going to give you the planets and the connections between them as to what I'm seeing but I have to also be really honest for anybody listening I'm not a practitioner I'm not here to take away Emily's diagnosis I'm also not here to diagnose this through an astrology lens but what I love doing is using our natal charts because astrology is a language and it helps us make sense of things. So that's my goal for you today. So that you can go, okay, I understand where this is coming from. Yeah, no, perfect, perfect. Because I can see some of them already, like the impulsivity and stuff. Is that like part of the ADHD? Just being really like quick-witted and like, yeah, overactive mind and makes decisions really fast. And sometimes you're like, yeah, decision fatigue. And I'm really interested to see how it all ties in. So what I'm going to do, I'm going to start going and diving into this. You can check in with me and ask questions throughout and I'll gain your insight too because astrology, it is collaborative. So you can give me the insights from an ADHD perspective and precursors for that. And then I can go, okay, well, this is what I'm seeing in your natal chart. So first up, you're actually a Gemini sun, Gemini moon, and you were born around the time of a new moon. Did you know that? Yes, I did. I did. How awesome is that? I got really into astrology a while ago and I like searched all my family members like maroon signs and everything and I was like this is the moon that you were born under and this is the moon that you were born under although I'm going to be honest I didn't know like too much about how it all interplayed with each other but I was just starting to expand on the concepts and I looked into like the rising sign and everything I I think I'm a cancer in rising but I like I said, I don't know too much about all those sides of things. So I think yeah, doing pretty good. I think that like, <laughs> doing research and looking at your friends, like that is the best way to start working with the stars. So what do you know about Gemini? I definitely know being a twin, it's a very different moves, different kind of personalities. So I find that I struggle with like 
sort of anger sometimes, but also bubbliness and happiness. So I, I have like both sides of the spectrum. And yeah, just really witty and quite intellectual, I think, is a, is a Gemini's trait. Yeah, and actually really random. I had a dream the other night just before I went to bed, actually. So I was still kind of awake, but I closed my eyes and it's like I was seeing my celestial self. Like it was like a Gemini. <laughs> so it was me, but it was, she was like floating in this pond of water and there was like the moon shining above her and she was wearing this white outfit. And then I saw like being a Gemini, I saw the other Gemini twin and she was wearing like a maroon outfit and she was very fierce and powerful and like I just thought what does this mean what is like who are these people am I seeing them all of a sudden <laughs> I thought that was a little bit a bit trippy but so cool to see as well <laughs> ah, that's beautiful and you're right like there's duality that's the word yeah. I'd use to describe Gemini it's a beautiful ear sign meaning it's adaptable to change it's curious it's freedom loving and it's always on the go. It's like you need information. You need ideas. And because you're a double Gemini, this makes you even more cerebral and intellectual than the average Gemini because your son is your CEO of you. It's your star sign, which is related to purpose and life goals and your identity. But then your moon is your emotional internal world. It, your inner self it represents safety and security and so there is, there's like a layer to this. So even under stress, you'll need to communicate something. So whether you're having those high highs or those low lows, is communication is your key to understanding things, whether that's through spoken word, written word, it's like you need to get it out. And so yeah. that would be the first thing that I would say to you is whether you have a to-do list, a note section in your notes app, whether you have a whiteboard at home, you need to be brain dumping somewhere because those thoughts yeah. need an outlet. If you don't have an outlet for those thoughts, they will loop. And that's when you'll find that you could spiral and feel like you're not expending your energy in a positive way. Yeah, and definitely. And from like an ADHD perspective, like as soon as something comes into my into my mind, I need to get it down straight away. Otherwise I forget it. So forgetfulness is, is a really strong trait of it. So I have, like you said, notes on my phone. If I'm on the go, I can quickly jot something down in there. I've got probably over a hundred notes on my phone. So I've got to-do list at home, planners, whiteboards. I have to get things out as they come into my brain. Otherwise, yeah, they're gone and I forget about them until I need to try and remember what I was thinking of. Totally. And as long as you don't feel guilty that you've got a hundred notes in your note phone, that's totally okay. <laughs> I think that sometimes we've got like a lot of cerebral energy in their chart is that they're brain dumping all the time, but then they feel guilty. They're not actually taking action on those things. Yeah, no, definitely. And I think I have like this little trick that I have putting it in like the little to-do section. So like actually tick, I give myself little reminders and I tick them as I go. So that kind of prompts me to go back and actually do the actions. Otherwise, like I said, you're just kind of jotting things down for the sake of jotting it down. And I often do go back to previous notes that I've had from, you know, ages ago and, and just spark my memory again, or I go and do bits and pieces. So like, if I know it's completely irrelevant, I will go back and delete things. So it's not clouding up mental sort of energy. So that's good. We need gamification. Even for people that don't have a lot of cerebral energy in their natal charts, we still need it because as human beings, we like to win and we like to feel like we're building momentum. It's a really smart way to tackle that. Now, not only is your sun and moon, they're four degrees apart because you were born around that time of the new moon, also means that you're constantly needing a new beginning, a new evolution of Emily. And so mm -hmm. this also plays a part too. Not only do you like movement and life and, and continually searching for more information and ideas and yeah. <laughs> you're yeah. always wanting to initiate new things as well. Plus 
both your sun and moon are in the Aquarius house. So it's ruled by Uranus, which is the 11th house. The 11th house represents our hopes, goals, wishes, and dreams. It represents mm -hmm. blue sky thinking and originality. So you've got another added layer of cerebral energy in your chart. Like you've got a trifecta happening here where you've got so much intellectual stimulation is that, that there's a lot happening up here in your head. And so that's why it's so important to have whether it's like an exercise routine or something to just shift energy through your body so you can move all of this energy from your head and ground it into your feet. Yes, no, absolutely. I really, I really vibe with that. Yeah, so I, I move, I do, I do move my body like every day. I try to move my body because I find it does ground me. And I actually also like to go out inside and just like rest my feet on the earth as well. I find that's really grounding. Mind you, I also don't like, I have like sensory issues. So when I get too, my, my feet get too dirty and stuff, I get really like, you know, icky about it, but I do love little like, things that I can do each day that do ground me in a sense, because like you said, I am quite in my mind a lot and it's always quite busy. And I also have a diagnosis for anxiety as well. So it's this, it, an overactive brain. So yeah, to do things like little things like meditations and working out and just sitting down doing journaling, I find all those little lovely bits of my day I have to do it each day because I just need some time to sit down and and be with myself so and I think that that would be something you always need to prioritize Emily because as I say to people like your natal chart think of it like when you buy a new computer when you buy a new computer it comes with a default setting now that doesn't mean you can't buy a bunch of fancy apps and upgrade it and personalize it your natal chart is no different but remember your natal chart has a default setting and so you'll have some sticking points. Now for you, a big one of these is related to your health. And you're always going to need to be looking after your health and putting on your oxygen mask before assisting others. Because otherwise you might feel a little bit out of control and that can spiral quite quickly. Mm -hmm. To make sure, because you know how some people can just get through life and they don't yeah. get help here. <laughs> Unfortunately, you and I are not those people. <laughs> yeah, no, I agree. <laughs> I always joke that I literally need like daily me time every single day. I have two kids as well. Some mums just take self-care as a luxury. Like, oh, I don't have time for self-care. I'm like, oh no, I make time because I need, I need it. Otherwise I'm just, I can't show up as the mother I want to be. I can't show up as the wife I want to be or all the other hats that I wear. So definitely find self-care and, and me time is very, very high on my list. I'm so glad to hear that because that's just something that you're always going to have to be really mindful of, whether you're in mum mode or whether you're in work mode or household <laughs> mode, is, is that self-care, like knowing what your bottom line is and whether it is just stealing pockets of time in your day. Because I'm also a realist that, you know, especially as a busy mum, that you don't have the luxury of like sitting down for hours a day, meditating and going for beach walks. It's yeah, definitely. Maybe as simple as just finding those pockets of stillness to go, I just need to take a break. Yeah. And I think I, I, I tend to, to grab it and gravitate more with like pockets of time because like with like ADHD symptoms, I can't do the same thing like at the same time every single day. I can't. I can't. Like in one, like your routine's differently every day. So I sit down at the start of the week and I can realistically think when I could allocate certain self-care things at each time of the day. I'm popping in with a quick public service announcement, and that is the most important part of the Cosmic Hotline is you. Have an astrology question you need answered? Nothing is off limits. 
whether it's a question about your natal chart, the 411 on Mercury retrograde, or what is the significance of a particular transit or activation. Submit your question today with no strings attached or select the option to have your question answered live, just like an astrology session I'd have with a client. Text or call 04317 Venus or submit your question via the show notes below. Gemini is an archetype. The high vibrational state is the curiosity and the freedom loving. The yeah. low vibrational state of Gemini is a magpie that's chasing the next shiny yeah. thing. Yeah, my husband always jokes around that I'm a magpie and, oh, shiny thing, oh, shiny thing. Because I just have so many things that I'm jumping through. And it's just amazing to see how it does tie in with the natal chart because I definitely find, like, from an ADHD perspective, it's like chasing that dopamine hit. What do I, what can I do right now that's exciting, that gives me that sense of dopamine that is something new and I, I can go through so many different hobbies over my period of my life because I'm always like okay I've done this for a bit now I'm bored what's the next thing out there okay I'll do this for a little bit no it's not my thing anymore and yeah so I can definitely definitely vibe with the whole magpie concept as long as that's not hurting you or anybody else that's okay like you're yeah. allowed to pick things up and put things down I think we get so tied to societal expectations like we have to see something through to completion and look I'm a big believer with that concept with some things but if it's coming to your hobbies or your, how you approach your health as long as you feel good about your circumstances that is all that matters yeah definitely and like from like a workout perspective like it took me years to probably get to a routine that I was consistently doing it because I found a routine that was sustainable for me. So I like to mix up my workouts. I can't do the same things for so long. So I've done so many different programs and stuff. And when you find one that you really vibe with and then you stop listening to everyone's, oh, you need to do this kind of workout to get the results that you want. You need to do this. And once you stop listening to all of that noise and you start focusing on, these are what I actually love doing. And you work out how you can put that into your life in a way that is sustainable. Because I'm trying to get rid of that all or nothing mentality. Because I used to be, if I don't put it all in, I'm, I'm not going to do it at all. So you drop it all together. Whereas if you can find something that you can just, whatever you do is enough and you can make it sustainable. And that's what you need to do. So there are things that I do in my life that I consistently do because I've made it a routine. Whereas other things, yeah, like I pick up and I put down hobbies mainly, you know, frequently. But when it comes to like health or other certain things in my life. I'm really consistent because I found things that work for me. This is the key to your natal chart. It all comes down to how much you trust in your intuition and your abilities to know what's right for you. So that's my next question. And this is a question I ask almost every single person I connect with for different reasons. What's your relationship like with your intuition? I'm starting to get to a point when I'm trusting it a bit more. I'm doing a manifestation and self-development course at the moment. And it's all about listening to that intuition and sitting down with yourself. And I do find I'm always torn between my head and my heart. And it's like you kind of gravitate towards the head because you think that that's the smarter option. It's the logical option. I'm slowly getting to that point when I'm trying to disregard that and and trusting myself a bit more. And so it's kind of, it's a, it's a work in progress, I would say, with my intuition. Definitely something I would, I'm keen to explore more and really trust in more. At, at the moment, I'm half-half, like between my logic and my, and my intuition, definitely. So this is something that's coming for you, by the way. And I think this is going to keep developing. Again, it depends how much you want to trust it. And I think that there is this polarity between head versus heart. And I think everybody, you know, has an, and we kind of grapple with this internally. 
But yeah. The reason I wanted to have this conversation with you is that I think intuition does also play a big part in intellect because our intellect always wants to rationalize. Our logic is like, no, this is right. Whereas our intuition is really guided by heart. Now, yeah. the reason I'm sharing this with you, so you have Mercury. So Mercury is the planet of communication. It's your intellect and how you synthesize information. So you'd think mm -hmm. because we're having this ADHD conversation today that I'd go straight to this planet. But that's not the case for your chart because your sun and moon double Gemini and the 11th house is a very strong placement in your natal chart, which was the first thing that I was instantly drawn to. But because mm -hmm. Mercury is how you formulate information, it's really interesting. It's in Cancer. So what this means is that you need to feel safe and secure to communicate. Even though you want to say what you're thinking, yep. and you probably do that depending on who it's with, you also need to make sure that when you're communicating something, that your outlet is a place where you feel safe to be seen, heard, and understood. But your Mercury is in the 12th house. And so the 12th house will be Neptune. And Neptune's quite significant in your chart as well. And so the 12th house represents intuition, spirituality. So what this really speaks to me is because you are Mercury. And this was like one of the other things that I saw straight away when I cast your chart. I was like, oh, okay. So she's got this double Gemini. She's got Mercury and Cancer in the 12th house. Plus Mercury is sextiling Mars, which is energy output. And you have Mars and Taurus in the 10th house. And so straight away, I was like, oh, okay. So if you don't have a good outlet for energy expenditure, this is where frustration will kick in. This is where you'll feel like you're not getting anywhere. This is where you'll also feel like you'll want to stay in escapism and imagination rather than mm -hmm. taking action. And this might have shown up at different parts of your life. So it does mean that you've got this amazing imagination, but you also have this ability to connect with your intuition. But it's up to you how much you want to open the door and connect with it and trust it. <laughs> Oh, that's amazing. Like I, from like a communication level, I definitely, like when I meet people, I like have like vibes and stuff. And if I don't have a good vibe or I'm still neutral, I tend to be a bit more reserved. Whereas when I meet somebody and I'm get really friendly with them or like my husband, for example, I don't shut up. I interject all the time. I just say whatever's on my mind, whenever it happens. And yeah, you just want to get it all out. What's in your, in your head where you do feel safe. But I do really see where that occurs in my life. And from like an intuition level and like an, an output level, I do find that sometimes I stay where it's safe, like in my comfort zone, but I'm always visualizing the future, like, like the life that I'm working towards. I, I can see it clear as day. And sometimes I worry that I'm too much in my head and not enough action in present life to actually start getting there. So I struggle with that a little bit. And I think that's where like the intuition will come in to actually start doing the steps. Like you've got this plan now, what are the doing steps to get you there? Such a beautiful insight into your chart is that you have this long-term vision. And so my invitation for you today would be to visualize that big dream life that you're wanting to call it. And you know what that end goal is. And then you work back from that. And you work back from that and go, okay, well, what's the time frame of this? And then, okay, so say this is like one year, two years, or three years, however long it is. And then you go, okay, so what do I actually, what are those steps that I need to take to get there? Once you've got everything down, then you just focus on that next logical step. It's like, okay, what can I do today to push the needle forward? And it sometimes helps it because it doesn't feel as overwhelming. The cool thing is with your chart is that you have this amazing ability to dream and manifest and then you've got all these amazing ideas. It's just then going, okay. And this is why it might be nice if you've got somebody that is really earthy around you or your hubby 
or somebody that can actually help you to go, okay, how can I help you to break this down? So then for you, it feels achievable. Yeah, no, definitely. Because like from like an ADHD perspective as well, like the overwhelm, like if I write too many like steps, too many individual steps to something, I look at my list and go, nope, that's too much. That's too hard basket. I'm not going to do that. Whereas if I do break it down into really simple steps, like, and don't go too far in advance. Like if I just do the next few things I need to focus on, then I find it a a lot more manageable. And I definitely need to have people around me that support me or I kind of validate me in a way. I feel like I'm always seeking validation, not because it's going to change my mind on things, but just so I can feel safe in my decisions and like that I'm doing something that's not so frivolous or that it is actually reasonable, I guess, to somebody else. But at the end of the day, I just need to trust myself as well and and what I want. You know what? I'm going to come back to this piece of safety in a moment, but I want to touch on something really quickly, which we're also going to come back to. You're about to embark on your Saturn return in 2023. So this is really going to be a pivotal time for you next year of where you will really have probably some perspective shifts. And I think you're probably already having them now where your values are going to start to change. Your beliefs are going to start to change. You're probably going to find that you might move in a couple of different directions, but the self-trust is going to be critical for moving into your Saturn return. The reason I bring that up is because Saturn in your natal chart, so you have Saturn in Pisces in the eighth house. So this is going to be your Saturn return is going to be a very spiritual transformative time. Saturn's like the scaffolding on a building. It's there to strengthen you as you rebuild. I'm not going to pretend it's all rosy because it's totally Yeah, but <clears throat> everyone is so different. And some people have a spiritual awakening. I have had a couple of rock bottoms, but I always look back from Saturn and go, oh my goodness, I grew as a person because of this time. But in your natal chart, so Saturn actually trines Mercury, but it squares your sun and moon. And Saturn rules a structure and discipline. It's also how we respond to authority. I think for you is having this aspect in your natal chart, it does mean that you are going to be looking for confirmation. And the shifts that you make, you might find at times it's difficult to express yourself or collate your thoughts because of where Saturn is placed. But then on the other side of that, we can look at that through a completely different lens is that you learn best through experience, Emily. So you have to experience something to understand it and then move through it. So if somebody told you what to do anyway, it wouldn't be right for you. Emily and I spent the next 20 minutes exploring her purpose. She shared with me her dreams for the future and some of the challenges she's experienced. Listening back to this conversation, I'm sure Emily would agree that she had a lot of aha moments from our conversation. I even received a sweet message from her after we recorded this episode on how she's been trusting herself more and believing in herself. Gosh, babes, this is why I do what I do. I want you to always trust in you, the journey that you're on, and use astrology as a way to understand yourself, the people in your life, and the world around you. Before I finish this episode, I wanted to leave you with these words I shared with Emily towards the end of our convo. You need to really lean on your inner resources, lean on your resilience, how you emotionally regulate, like you've got to trust yourself. And it's all about spiritual strength. How do you bolster that from the inside out and be open to everything that life throws your way and all of the possibilities that surround you? So it is really, I suppose, incorporating change in your life, but change on your timeline. And this is why this whole conversation, I think, is surrounded by this concept of what's just the next logical step, whether that's through your diagnosis, whether that's how you tackle your day, is that 
You need to do things on your timeline because that helps you feel safe, helps you to feel secure, stops the overwhelm, and it also means that you're building momentum in your life. Thank you for tuning into this week's episode. If you love the Cosmic Hotline, it would mean the world to me if you rate it and hit subscribe. I'll be back next week to give you the 411 on the full moon in Pisces, plus help you prepare for Mercury retrograde and how you can navigate it like a superstar. I'll see you next week, babes.